We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helvin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the 27th episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, joining me today, Fanball Scott Fish, who's a very popular guy at this time of year, by the way. We're, we're early in the game. Not that you're, Scott, not that you're not popular all year. But this time of year, with MFL 10s going on, and you're sort of the, you're the man behind the MFL 10s right now. Uh, Scott, welcome uh, to the podcast. How has traffic been for MFL 10s? It's been great. It's, it's been really, really good. Uh, we've, we've seen a bump. We've been uh, tracking better than last year. And I can only imagine that's because we now allow live MFL 10s. You, we give you the ability to do live, like just jump in and do a live draft for an hour, hour and a half. And uh, that was never an option before. So I have to imagine that's what the difference is. Right. Okay. Um, also, um, why don't you tell everybody, Scott Fishbowl, any, uh, if, if there are hardcore fantasy players out there, you might be playing in Scott Fishbowl or be aware of Scott Fishbowl. How many teams do you have this year? Uh, I moved it up to 900 teams this year. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's not easy to keep track of, but I, 
Every year I just feel bad because this year, last time I checked, I checked last week, 6,457 people had signed up. I'm, I'm going to guess it's over 6,500 6, now. Yeah. So I, I – I try to get as many people in as I can, you know, handle. Right. And, and this is, so last year I, I missed playoffs in my league. I was close, but I missed it. But so, so this is, you can follow the Scott Fishbowl um, status by hashtag SFB eight, right. On Twitter. Um, So Scott Fishbowl, in addition to being a really cool competitive league with a sort of grand champion among these 900 teams at the end it also benefits a worthwhile charity right yeah absolutely uh i run a charity called fantasycares.net fantasy cares and we go and buy we disperse all money that's raised every penny goes to different analysts in the industry in different cities to go and buy toys for kids toys for tots um to, to help kids who might not otherwise get presents, uh, you know, at Christmas time in December. So uh, it's it's such it's one of my three favorite charities, and it's amazing that this community has just jumped in and, and really supported it. I I couldn't be happier. All right, everybody, again, check out fantasycares.net if you want to help. Uh, follow Scott Fishbowl at hashtag SFB8 and the MFL tens. We're we're going to start talking about that. By the way, Scott's on Twitter at scottfish24. I'm at jhelpin37. Um, so the MFL 10s, those are the – they're not the only game in town up until let's say mid-July, but it, it takes a, a big part of the fantasy chatter online is about the MFL 10. If you don't know about MFL 10s, um, $10 to play, you can go on. You draft a team. You never have to worry about that team. I mean you can pay attention to it, but there's no lineups that need to be set over the course of the season. Basically there are people who, – who's got the most teams? I've heard of people getting hundreds of teams – Oh yeah, in MFL ten. So this is a no lineup setting thing. It just takes your your best producers at each position every week, uh, and and does your score from there. So you no lineup setting, no pickups, nothing like that. Who who's got a ton of teams this year? Oh, uh, there there are several, but there is one guy. the The guy with the most teams is a guy named Rosenhaus Factor. Uh, he hangs out in Best Ball Command Center. He uh, he has seven hundred and seventy four MFL tens that he's done so far. <laughs> The next, the next closest is 255. So he's basically tripling everybody else. It's it's unreal. You know, it's funny. This year, I was looking at this year, going, "Hey, maybe I'll do five. That'll be fine." <laughs> wow. This guy's got 774 teams at ten dollars pop. But what what he's probably doing, basically, he's he's spreading out his risk, and he's probably pretty confident he's going to win. Oh yeah, it's for some of those guys, especially those high volume guys. You know, it's it's a re- return on investment type of situation. They're they're having fun drafting, but they're also you know, like you said, spreading out the uh, the player shares and the risk, and and knowing that he's going to come back with a certain percentage of uh, of wins to make up for you know the amount of leagues he's entering. All right, well, let's dig into the ADP data because this is gonna. I mean, because this is a best ball format. It is not directly relevant to people who are going to play season long, but it's pretty close. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, you it's draft close. a fantasy team, it's close enough, right? Yeah, I think those upside guys, you know, get a little more of a bump in NFL 10s, those, yeah. those hit and miss guys. But other than that, yeah, it's, it's pretty close. Okay. Um, I am looking at the ADP. Um, actually, you did this. The, the one we're going to talk about, we're going to pull from the last week, you said? Yeah, the last week of completed drafts. So I'm starting at what date? By the way, this MFL MFL tens dot uh, com slash backslash ADP. Is that it? Yep. 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 Okay. And uh, I'm looking at the 21st of June through the 27th of June drafts that completed in that time span. Currently. All right. 
I got that up right now. So, are you when when the Giants drafted Saquon Barkley? Yes. Did you think he'd go this? I mean, I looked and I said, well, you know, three down back, um, probably in a in a scheme that'll you know he'll do okay. First round pick. I'm looking at him at number seven, and I don't know that I thought he would go that high right off the bat. Did you? I've been playing this game a long, long time, and and I, I know you have too. I don't remember a rookie being a consensus first round pick like this in right. in, in my history of playing. I'm, there might have been one, but I just don't remember it. The fact that Saquon Barkley has not lasted to the second round even once in you know what twelve hundred uh, <laughs> MFL tens thirteen hundred fifteen hundred I don't know what it is actually it's over two thousand wow over wow. two thousand he has not made it to the second round yet uh, that's just unreal that's. That, that tells you the hype, the, the t- and it also says a lot about what the rookie running backs did last year. I think I think that's also playing into people's mentalities. Yeah, I, I think you're right. The last couple, the last few years, starting with Ezekiel Elliott, it, it's become it, it. The performance has basically made people think it's okay to jump back in on the rookie running backs again. And and Saquon's an interesting case because he catches the ball so well. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's where where people really love him. People in especially in MFL tens, when you're looking at upside guys, people love to look at those pass catching backs because I don't. It just feels like that's extra points or something that 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 the pass catching is 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 the upside and and Saquon right. Barkley is just full of that. Yep. All right. Um, the the next one I want to talk about. For a little while here, over the course of the offseason, DeAndre Hopkins was ahead of Antonio Brown. Now that's, you know, the, the, the world is back on its axis and Antonio is the top <laughs> receiver. Um, but Hopkins, he's ahead of Beckham, and I could see the concerns with Beckham. He's ahead of Julio. Um, d- does he fit in? That, that makes sense for you, for him as the number two receiver and a top eight pick? I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty strong statement for uh, a guy that, that I want to talk about in a minute, his quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I well. First off, uh, right now I have DeAndre Hopkins ranked as my number one wide receiver, mostly because I'm I'm buying into the Deshaun Watson. I I, I the, the Deshaun Watson hype. I I feel like there's some regression coming, but I also think that he's going to be really good, and I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to benefit um, and just soak up a lot of targets once again. Uh, Antonio Brown. Is is always safe, but I mean he's done it three years in a row. I I, I just feel like this has got to be finally the year where he you know takes a he's still going to be great, but like he can't be number one four years in a row. He it just can't happen, right? What? I mean we don't we don't see that. That's just it's just impressive. But uh, I will say I've taken Brown over Hopkins in, in mocks, so maybe, maybe I should re reevaluate that. But uh, going over guys like Beckham and stuff like that. I'm fine with it. I'm absolutely yeah. fine with it. Uh, something's got to give with that Giants team. Uh, Eli is ranked so low, and Barkley and Beckham and Ingram are all ranked so high. Something's got to give there. Yep. And uh, maybe maybe it's just spread around a little bit more. Yeah, I, I've actually had this conversation with a couple of people so far, um, and I've seen it on Twitter a bunch about how, how, can you, how can you rank all those Giants so high and rank Eli as like the 25th quarterback? It's, right. It doesn't. The math doesn't seem to add up. There. Yeah. I actually saw an argument, and sorry if I'm repeating myself to people who listen every week. Uh, I think I saw an argument from Mike Clay that that he thought the, the math did line up, but 
I feel like that wasn't the consensus opinion. And I have to dig into the details that I don't want to speak for Mike, but I thought, but I thought I saw him say that somewhere. Um, okay. I want to talk about another receiver. Actually. So Deshaun Watson, you mentioned him. So you're all in. Yeah, I'm in. He's, he's my number one overall. Whoa. Overall wide receiver. Excuse me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Deshaun Watson. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I was still thinking Hopkins. So right. yeah, let's go Deshaun Watson. Not number. Now he's not your number one quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is my number one quarterback. Okay, got it. Um, all right, but you're are you in on Watson's rebound and you, you buy what he did last year? I, I felt like, look, if he's healthy, the I get the running skills. I'm not sure those passing numbers are. Well, I don't think they are sustainable. Even his rushing numbers weren't as prolific as people. I think they weren't. People you're think. Right. They, they really weren't. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's added. I mean, it's, it's something he can do, and he does add that to his game. Uh, the passing, yeah, it's, it's kind of like Will Fuller. What, what was done was unsustainable. But even with a, a step back, I think he, you know, he, he was like 10 points a game better yeah. than all the other quarterbacks at that time. Even with like a decent step back. He's still a top a top fantasy quarterback in my mind. All right. I mean, I, I can't see myself getting him anywhere. Nothing against no. him. I just I'm I you know, I don't draft quarterbacks early anyway, and he's gonna go. He he someone's always gonna like him more than I do. Yeah, in in I've seen him go in Superflex leagues, I've seen him go in the third or fourth round. And in MFL tens, he's going what, uh, 69 so fifth round mid fifth round right uh, that's a, I, i'm not a guy who takes a quarterback in the single digits i right. wait till double digits to take a quarterback so i don't get him either <laughs> and, and this and it's funny and mfl tens are a little different mfl tens are probably more like uh in fantasy analyst drafts that we all wait on quarterbacks where in your home league a lot of people you know aaron Rodgers is going to go in the first or second round and deshaun right. watson's yeah, going to go does. a lot earlier than fifth I feel like we're finally going to see a little bit of a slide there. I feel okay. like your average listener or average fantasy football player nowadays is so inundated with every one of our shows, every one of our magazines, our articles, all our online print is just preaching late round quarterback and has been for three, four years. I think we're going to start to see that slide and see, see that movement finally hit the casual player. All right. I hope so. Maybe not. Maybe not re- to a ridiculous degree, but we're no. I don't. I think it's going to be a rarer case to see Aaron Rodgers in the first. It, it might be more like second, third, fourth. Now, got it. Yeah, I, I feel like people still do. They when they listen and they say, "Oh yeah, I understand. You want me to wait?" And then they get to the third or fourth round. They go, "I'm not waiting past this." What are you kidding? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yep. I see that too. Yeah. Um. All right. Next up, a guy. I'm not sure where to go with here. And his ADP over the course of the offseason, NFL says, dropped a little bit. He's at 37 overall right now. Amari Cooper, last year was just, that was, that was just a disaster for him. If you drafted him and you invested in him, it was a disaster. Let's put it that way. Uh, is, is there a bounce back slash breakout coming? Is he going to live up to, the, to, to his hype ever? Oh, man. His hype was top 12 wide receiver, right? <laughs> like, I feel like that's what his hype was. And I don't know that he can attain that. He might get the volume. 
he might get more red zone looks with uh, Crabtree gone from stealing them. I don't know that Jordy is going to be the red zone. I'm really, I really don't even know what to think of Jordy. Like mm-hmm. most of Jordy's value came in not just the prolific Green Bay offense, but his chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. And and he's much older, and he looked like he'd lost a step. Uh, oh man, I, I think Cooper might might get to you know top twenty four status just on volume. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what to think. I, I don't think much of Jordy either. But I don't think, I mean, the Raiders, I just look at the Raiders and I shake my head. Yeah. That, that I don't know what they're, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what the heck they're doing sometimes. Yeah. So, um, all right. So we talked about Saquon earlier. The rookie running backs, and it's one of those things that, you know, I'm already, I, I, this is the, I think the fourth show I've done so far since the beginning of June. And I, I used to joke last year about what I talked about all the time. Joe Mixon, for instance, I talked about all the time last year. Every week, I, you know, I don't understand the Joe Mixon type, whatever. And I, and I kept <laughs> saying, I know everybody. I will try to stop talking about Joe Mixon. I keep talking about all the rookie running backs after Saquon, that they're all going in kind of a cluster. Um, you know, Geis and, and uh, Freeman and Penny. Who's your favorite among that? The, you know, the, the, the after Saquon rookie running backs? Oh man, I think I think you're gonna not like me because I, I do think it's probably Geis. I, I think that Chris Carson is gonna fight Penny, and I think that yeah. even even though even though uh, Seattle's O line is more improved than people want to give cre- give credit for, I mean they did acquire Dwayne Brown in the middle of the season last season. Uh, it's still not good. So I, and how many times have we been fooled by the Seattle the Seattle running backs? I agree. Just, it's going to be CJ process. He's got all this upside. It's going to be, you know, just, you can list off a bunch of, a bunch of players. I, I just can't bind. I think Penny's going to be, you know, an okay piece to have on your team, but you can't count on it at 38. You're, you're drafting him as a starter, potentially your RB two. Right. I, I can't, I can't, I just cannot invest that. But I think Geis is the guy that's actually going to just take over a starting role. I know, I know Chris Thompson's going to be the reception back. But I, I feel like Geis is going to have a whole lot of opportunity there. He, he might be a little high for me in ADP, but if I had to choose one of those that I think I'd put my money behind, <laughs> it's probably Geis. So you're not a – see, I, I'm trying to look at opportunity. I, I think from, from what I've seen of these guys, and I'm not going to proclaim to be an expert, I mean Geis looks like the best runner, right? I like Sonny Michelle, but I think Geis is better. But I agree. I look at oh. Chris Thompson and I go, Geis is not on the field on third down. He's just not going to be there. You know, you didn't list Michelle in the in the opening part, but I actually like Michelle better than Geis. I mean, if you look at Deion Lewis, for five, six games, he was a top 24 running back yep. and, and really high on that list. And the fact that the Patriots went after him that high in the first, uh, I mean, you can even harken back to the Corey Dillon years. There are times where the, the Patriots and Bill Belichick have used a main runner. And I think that I think that's well within the realm of possibilities for Sonny Michelle. And a lot of people don't realize this. New England had the second most running back fantasy points last year behind the Saints. Uh, that's a lot of points if Michelle can take that role. So if, if we're talking all rookies, I, I would take Michelle over guys. Okay. Um, even with the other guys there? Even with the other guys there. Okay. Um, I, do, I do think it's close, but I mean, like, it's probably splitting hairs. But I, I would... I, that upside, that potential upside is the, is the you know, fence I swing for. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about is, and coming from Charlotte, this is going to be an interesting thing for me to say. 
So I'm looking at the ADPs. And I know we're talking PPR here, which is a huge factor. Christian McCaffrey at 17 overall, right? Which, in a PPR league, you know, if he catches 80 passes again, I mean, it's, he's really strong. He's ahead of LaShawn McCoy and Devontae Freeman. And I'm yeah. looking and I'm going, this is aggressive. <laughs> I mean, I know McCaffrey, yeah. you know, I mean, what did he, was it 1,200 yards from scrimmage? I mean, it was a lot. It was yep. a lot for a guy who we, who we sort of looked at and said, wow, as a runner, he was disappointing. For for the first 10, 12 games of the season, he was like two points some yards per carry. Right. It was really disappointing. But but ahead of those guys, I mean, Shady's the only game in town in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, you know, he, he had his catches went up last year, and he's going to be the same situation this year. It's like, you know, what, who, who else is going to make plays for them? Um, and I look at McCaffrey and I go, they're talking about a bigger workload, which is interesting. But they also brought in C.J. Anderson, who's probably yep. an upgrade from Jonathan Stewart. Yep. He's going to get the ball, and he's going to, you know, at the goal line, McCaffrey's not really, I mean, he, he's behind Cam and C.J. Anderson in the packing order, I would think. Yep, me too. So I, that ADP there, and I, I mean, you know, we may be splitting hairs here, but I think I'd take both of those guys ahead of Christian McCaffrey, even in a PPR league. Yep, I, I'm at, I'm with you on all that. I would even take, and I know a lot of people might disagree with this, but I I would even take McKinnon over McCaffrey. Okay. Um, I, I think probably the next six or seven guys on that list above below McCaffrey and ADP, I would probably take above him because I'm a hundred percent with you. I I think CJ Anderson's going to take a bigger role than people want to admit, and they they just, I mean, McCaffrey's the sexy sleek pick, and I think that that drives ADP sometimes. Okay, and, and the, the thing about him last year here, and I know there's been, you know, we've seen the photos of him with the, you know, the big jack biceps and all that stuff. But, right. But he, I do, as people who listen know, I do some work for the Panthers, and I mentioned this a bunch last year. The night of the draft, I was in the, in the room in the press conference, and Dave Gettleman said that, he, he, the quote was, Curtis Martin's the best between the tackles runner I've ever seen, and Christian McCaffrey reminds me of Curtis Martin. And I went, Whoa. Yeah, that's I didn't think he was a gadget player, but that jumped out at me. And then what I saw last year didn't back that up. I know he ran well later, but he seemed like a guy who at first contact, I mean, there was no tackle breaking going on with him. And, and I wonder, I mean, I hope that gets better. But at first contact, he was always going down. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that's I feel the same way. I, I did not see that. Like that was the big talk. Uh, with the draft community is is could he be a between the tackles runner and you just didn't see it last year right i hope it changes as as a guy who you know watches the panthers pretty closely i really hope it changes right and i always root for these players to you know get better at their game i'm i'm a proponent of that i don't i don't ever root for someone to to, be the same or get worse you know i i i root for him to get better yep absolutely all right um the last guy i'm uh, looking at some of these the rookies that we talked about. Um, the guys I'm going to mention, he actually has moved up ahead of some of them. Kenyon Drake's at, at the turn, the three, four turn is Kenyon Drake getting enough respect? Probably not. I, I think people are worried about Miami's offense in general, uh, <laughs> their ability to even get in the red zone and inside the 10 and five for running backs in general is probably is not very good. And, and sometimes those, it's interesting how those, you know, shine for three, four, five weeks players, people like people just ultimately decide, 
okay, this is the start of something beautiful or this is just a complete fluke. And and sometimes I don't know what that's based on. And, and it seems like people have committed to the Drake side and even the Alex Collins side is maybe being a fluke. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Alex Collins going for this year. And uh, Drake, I have right with him. I, I, I think that they're going to be start I think they're going to get the opportunity to be the full-fledged starters for their teams and and Drake is you know he's a highlight reel how many big plays did he have and he can catch the ball out of the backfield yeah. I think he's you know a, a lot safer pick than people give him credit for yeah I, I like him a lot and you know I mean the last those last five games I, I know it's a smaller sample to use an overused phrase but I mean the guy averaged five yards a carry pretty much yeah and yeah well, you know once it, once the workload came for him he delivered with it. Yep. And he got a decent amount of first downs, which matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. What are the, um, in the, in the Scott Fishbowl, what are the, what are the scoring quirks this year? You know, it's, it's less quirky than it used, than it was last year, or even the, the year before. Oh, I, I kind of tried to harken back to SFB 480, which was so balanced and, and people loved it so much. MFL almost made it a default scoring option. Um, this score this year it's half PPR and half point per first down. Everybody, listeners to this podcast and get a free ten day RotoWire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out now. All right, so for MFL tens, do you have a strategy when you draft? How many teams have you drafted so far, by the way? Uh <laughs> because I work full time in the fantasy industry. Um as a game operator, I cannot play. Oh so, all right. Oh, because it's money. Yeah. Yep. So we do internal contests here. I've, I've done a couple of those, uh, but I'm not able to, you know, I, I was a 10 to 20 MFL 10 player. I played 10 to 20 of them in previous years mm-hmm. and then this year. No, this year I've only done a few. Okay. So, so what would you, based on what you've seen for what people are doing and the teams that they're coming up with, up with I'm, I'm sure you've seen a lot of, you know, it's a ton of information. Is there a strategy that seems to make sense? Like a little, I mean, everybody says, you know, it's, it's easy to say, well, as long as you draft the best players, everything's great. Okay, great. But strategy wise, is there, is there a way to go in MFL 10s that you've seen that you people do it and you say, you know what, this strategy seems to produce some pretty good results? Well, uh, for me, I, I stick to a pretty solid roster construction. I know roster construction is a big deal in best ball drafts, but I'm the guy that gets three defenses all with different bye weeks so that every week I have two to two, you know, two, two going. Uh, and then quarterbacks and tight ends, it all depends on my first one. If I get a stud quarterback, then I only get one more. If I, if I wait way too long, I'll end up taking three quarterbacks just to, just to cover myself. Uh, with tight ends, same deal. If I get Travis Kelsey, I will get one more tight end. Uh, if, if, I get, if I wait too long, I might, I might take three. It really depends. Uh, but I, I generally stick to you know, those kind of roster constructions. Four to five running backs uh, and all the rest wide receivers because wide receivers, I feel like you can just take your shot at seven, eight, nine of them and you know, three of them are going to hit each week. Right. You know? Okay. Um, I want to talk about some of the ADPs for position by position. By the way, I hope everybody is enjoying the lawnmower outside my window. That's going really well today. My microphone picks <laughs> up everything. So, um, ADP was what guys for you are going too high? Let's quarterback first. Who's going too high? Probably Carson Wentz. I, yeah, uh, I think I, I like Carson Wentz a lot, but. 
I don't think they're going to rush him at all. And I think by picking Carson Wentz, you might miss a few weeks of the season. Or you might uh, – or, or even if he's – you know, they feel he's hampered in games, maybe he comes out. And they, they prove that they prove that Foles can do what they, what they want him to do. So I don't think they're going to rush him back at all. And it, I think it's p- potential that you're taking a guy in the – you know, as early as the sixth, seventh round that – might actually miss some weeks for you. I can see a, some strategies in which you take it, but I think he's going a little high. And the same with Drew Brees. Ever since they brought on all these running backs, you know, moved to this running running situation, the end of last year he did not throw as much, and, and he's still going as a top six or seven quarterback. Gotcha. I still like him a lot. It's just I feel like he's going a little too high. Okay. Where, where are you? I, I'm – I'm a little, and I think the ADP has dropped here in this guy. I'm a little down on Jimmy G. I don't. I'm not down on the player. I just the weapons don't excite me. You don't like that seven touchdowns and five interceptions stat line from last year? <laughs> <laughs> I, there's so much hype for him, and I don't think. I mean, so I know much. he was aver- he was averaging over 300 yards a game. I get that, but yeah, he, he wasn't throwing a lot of touchdowns. He was throwing some interceptions. I don't think people realize that. Right. And yeah, they, like you said, I think it has dropped. I, I believe he was like a top six or seven, eight guy for a while. It looks like it's dropped a little bit, but I can see that. I can see that. I do think that he has the upside to be a top 12 guy, but I think he should be drafted as that, as like a 12 to 14 guy with upside. Okay. What quarterback is going too low for you? Uh, uh, I never like... Uh, you know what? I think probably Jared Goff is going a little too low for me. Okay. I I think he's right now in that second, like uh, the 12 to 24 range. And I think he has every possibility, every possibility to be a top 12 quarterback with all those weapons on offense, the addition of Brandon Cooks yep. and another, and another year in McVay's system. And also Kirk Cousins has been a top eight quarterback like top, t- definitely top ten quarterback three years in a row, and now he's got more weapons. Yeah, like, I, f- I feel like if anyone's gonna crash into the top three out of nowhere, it might be Kirk Cousins. Okay, so those those two guys might be going a little low for me. I'll I'll take them at their ADPs. Okay, I talked about I already talked about Eli Manning. We both did. Um, yeah. So that's fine. So uh, the the other one, Matt. What about Matt Ryan? I mean, he's going oh. as what the sixteenth quarterback. I mean, I don't. Love the guy, wow. and I know the Super Bowl year was a little different, but I mean, this is no respect at all. Yeah, that's that's really real, low. And <coughs> if you look at it, Dak Prescott also been way up high in uh, in fantasy finishes. Yet he's even worse, like twentieth quarterback. So yeah, Matt Ryan, yeah, no love there, no love at all. Must be because they lost Taylor Gabriel. That must be it, or something. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Um, Running back wise, I want to ask you who's going too high. The guy, the guy, I was going to say Geis, who we talked about already, just because okay. I, I, I think he, his 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 role is is limited due to Chris Thompson. Um, who who's going too high for you at running back? You know, I might just go along with you on on rookies in general. Like I see, I see guys like Alex Collins and uh, Dion Lewis, yeah. and and I know that uh, I know that people, oh, Lamar Miller too, just. I, I don't love Lamar Miller at all, but if, uh, if Deonta stays on the pup, I mean, he's going to be the only guy in town in an offense that could be pretty heavy. Uh, Folks, I don't by the him. way, 
this is, and I know I've been the one bringing it up, so I can't say everybody's bringing it up, but Lamar Miller's been a bit of a consistent name popping up in the discussions we've had so far as far as running backs who are, who are getting no love and might have lots of opportunity. Um, just kind of keep that in mind. If you, you're going to yeah. keep hearing his name. So anyway, go ahead, Scott. And I think the the other guy I just think is is safe as an like I would love him as my RB three and he's safe he's safe in that range and he might even put up RB two numbers is is, is JHI. that offense is going to be really good I don't know that he's going to be the goal line guy I think that that might actually be Clement but uh, JHI is a guy that I think is going to average fifteen touches a game and getting him in the the fifth round or so as your RB three is amazing as your RB2. Yeah, there's a little bit of question marks, but I think he'll be fine in that role. But he, what, what are his knee issues? It's sort of a uh, chronic but not disastrous thing. Yeah, yeah, no cartilage, bone on bone. But honestly, he's been fine with fine for, what, seven, six years, seven years? Right. Since, since that injury. Um, one of these years, something's going to happen and everyone is going to be right. <laughs> right. But every year they're wrong about his knees until until that happens. Okay. Um, yeah. And who's going too low? I was going to say Clement, actually, just because I, I, I worry a little bit about Ajayi. And like you said, I mean, yeah. he, he has stayed on the field. I'll give him that. Who, who's, and, who's going too low for you? And you got you got to remark that Ajayi basically got no touches inside the 5 or 10 for the Eagles. And Clement got a bunch. Yep. So uh, the, the, there's some real upside for Clement. And if Ajayi goes down, yeah, Clement's huge. So absolutely. Uh, who's going too low for me yeah. or too high? Too, uh, who's going too low? Well, I guess I, guess I kind of kind of went over that with. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Who's going no, too no. high then? Sorry, no, you said too low. Who's going too high? Uh, well, I kind of went over them both. I think the, I was just said the rookies are going too high, and these guys, Lamar Miller and and yeah. Ajayi, and you know those guys are going are going too low for me. Honestly, um, I'm I'm looking farther down the list. I like the uh, Alex Collins thing to bring up too. By the way, he's getting yes. no. I mean, look, end of the fourth round. I look and I go. I I feel like no one's. Not no one's talking about it, but he's not getting enough respect. Right. And and I understand that, uh, you know, Dixon will be back. Buck Allen's still there. It's a, the, the There's guys that could take away pass catching from him. He, he did actually start catching some passes at the end of the year. But he's a guy that can touch the ball. I mean, he did touch the ball 20-plus times a game for several games there. He can be a bell cow back. I, I don't know how much faith I have in the Ravens' offense, but right. I think he's going to get a lot of volume. And he looked he looked really good, I thought. I agree. All right, wide receiver, too high for you. Whew, wow. Um, oh, man. Probably, I, I guarantee Brandon Cooks is too high. I don't even know what his ADP is, but in my opinion, get ready for a hot take alarm or something. I think he's the third highest scoring fantasy wide receiver for the Rams this year. <laughs> wow. Um, you, you know, <laughs> that, that's interesting. It, it's not a hot take because we have had this, this is the third week in a row that this has come up. Are you serious? Uh, yes. Here, here's oh, why. Yeah, I thought I was on an island. So no. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that, believe it or not. So so Cook's ADP is 44, so late third. Um, my colleague from Rotoway, Jim Coventry, a couple of weeks ago, said, you know, he's a big tape guy, and said that Cook's is in a bad spot with the Rams because he's in the spot Sammy Watkins was in, and basically Jared Goff didn't look at the left side of the field. He said Sammy Watkins was running open all the time, and Jared I, I, Goff didn't look at him. 
I'm going to help your friend's argument because Greg Costell said the same exact thing. Yeah. That, that Jared Goff does not look over there. And, and now basically continued from there and said, and Sammy Watkins is a better receiver than Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is a little less dimensional. Right. So, yep. yeah, Brandon Cooks is, this is, <laughs> this is a, the, the, he's one of those names that's ringing in my head now that I feel like I keep hearing the same thing about. So that's interesting. So, you know, you are not, that is not a hot take at all. Um, no. And if, if you look at the numbers last year with Woods in the game, uh, Woods was deaf, like even when with Woods and Cup in there, uh, and Watkins, Woods is so Jared Goff's security blanket. And yeah. I, after the way they performed together last year, I just find it hard to believe that that Goff is is going to change that up too much. I think Woods will still be the security blanket. So then you probably like Woods down near the bottom of the sixth round. Oh, love him. He's he's the guy I think would be number one on that team. Okay, got in it. In fact, in fact, I would move him up ahead of about at, at least ten of the guys in front of him yeah. on this ADP. Okay. Juju, I also have I also have Juju ranked way higher than we have him here in ADP. Really? Yeah, yeah. Juju's I, getting a lot of. I mean, for a, a guy who's the number two wideout on his team, Juju's getting a lot of, of draft love. Yeah, it, you got to wonder how the end of season was just so good. How yeah. many targets he got? How many hundred yard games got? He, how many scores he got? He was just so good, and I I just don't know. I feel like a regression could happen, but I don't know that it's going to be like a regression to 50 yards a game. I think it's going to – I think he's still going to have several big games. Okay. Um, who else? Down deeper. Dig deeper. Who's going too low for you? <coughs> Lower than Woods. Uh, I, I would guess Pierre Garçon and Marquise Goodwin are going far too low for me. I, I feel like both of them – that both of them are going to probably exceed that, especially in PPR leagues for, for Garçon. Um, if I want to dig really deep, I think Kenny Stills is probably going far too low. The Miami lost so many, they lost the most targets, red zone targets inside the 10 mm-hmm. and the most, the second most red zone targets inside the 20. And someone's got it. Like we're talking 30 plus targets. Someone's got to make it up. They didn't really add much. I mean, they added, uh, you know, Gasecki in the draft, right. uh, at tight end, but, uh, Stills and Parker are going to have to share most of that. Jarvis Landry's gone. He's not catching the, all those touchdowns that he was last year. I think Kenny Stills is going to be a, a lot better than people think. Okay. Um, two guys I want to ask you about. Mike Williams. Okay. Are you are you interested at all? I feel like he could fill some of that Hunter Henry. I think I was talking to someone. I think Liz Lizzo brought him up last week, and it was an interesting point, and I started digging a little bit. And I, and I buy the idea that he could – Fill some of Hunter Henry's shoes. I know the position's different, but he's a big guy, right? Yeah, I I can definitely see that. It's uh, <laughs> with Hunter Henry out, it makes Mike Williams so much more viable, and with him fully healthy, uh, we we saw last year that with Keenan Allen and Tyrell just kind of disappeared. So you know, where Tyrell was really good with Keenan out at the end of the previous year. Uh, I, I do think that this is this is going to be a coming out for party for Mike Williams. I should probably check his ADP, but you know I would I would love him as a flex or, or a guy on my bench that I hope can can make some noise. Okay, I'm trying to find Mike Williams right now. Mike the fact Williams, that one fifty nine, one fifty seven point fifteen. So that's thirteenth round, fourteenth round. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Well worth it. You are you are deep into draft uh, bench bench picks yes. at that point. So that's a good bench pick. 
yeah, he's well, well worth it, especially if a guy who is likely to be the, the starter, you know. All right, the other guy, um, another second year, I think. A lot of chatter out of uh, the Lions uh, minicamp about Kenny Galladay. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's two other guys there who, who command a lot of attention from Matthew Stafford in, in Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. Right. Uh, do you think Kenny Galladay can, can be the breakout guy that some people seem to – think he can be i i closed the file so i don't know your thoughts i, I forgot what it was but i love kenny galladay so i'm afraid of your reaction here I, no no i I'm do a, too okay good i'm a big kenny galladay fan i i think he's just crazy talented and they can use him far more as a red zone threat than they did before eric i think i think there's a chance i mean they didn't really bring in a tight end help and and i think that they could really use Galladay's size in the end zone and he we've seen he can make deep plays down the field as well I think the fact that Tate and Jones are are so you know good at Tate in the slot and Jones you know getting open on the outside that that it, it just opens up coverage for Galladay yeah. so I'm, I'm a big fan of Galladay I have him been virtually every week okay and that's another one the, it, the investment isn't much right now it looks like round 12 Oh yeah, NFL. So you know, there's there's plenty that you talked about. You mentioned upside guys earlier. That's an upside guy, yeah, right there. Definitely. Um, tight ends who are going too high for you. I don't get actually. I'm, I'm the ADPs I was looking at last night were probably a little older. Yeah, David Joku's lower. I don't get that one. I feel like I, I see a lot of people talking him up as a sleeper, and I get I see the talent. I don't know that I see the opportunity enough for him. Yeah, this is the this is the interesting thing, and it happens like every year. This happened with the Dolphins last year. Is it feels like the fantasy industry finds some upside with an offense with a team, and then all of their values skyrocket when, right. when, it, when realistically that just can't happen. Jarvis Landry and Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb and. And Carlos Hyde and David Njoku and Josh Gordon can't all be good. Like, <laughs> not every single one of them can be a stud. And <clears throat> and you're right. It's 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 tough to tell what's going to happen there. But Tyrod Taylor did love Charles Clay in Buffalo. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see some opportunity. But, I mean, Brayton is a guy who led the league in touchdowns a couple of years ago. And Winston, despite his suspension, just – won't give up on Braid. Seems to love Braid. Right. And there, there are guys below him that have a lot of opportunity as well. Um, yeah, Nijoku, I, I can see either side of Nijoku. I see the upside, but I can also see that there, there's not enough balls and not enough, uh, not enough potency to that offense. We'll have to see. All right, so as far as a guy who's going too low, you seem to be in on the Niners. You talked about the two receivers. What about George Kittle? Yeah, I'm I'm a big George Kittle fan too. Maybe I should like revamp my my thoughts on Jimmy G. I do have Jimmy G right at the tail end of that 12, you know, maybe 11 to 14 range, but uh George Kittle I, I'm a pretty big fan. I I really should go back and dig into the numbers George Kittle had after uh after he joined up with Jimmy G cuz I know with Bethard who they went to college together, he had a couple pretty decent games there. Mm-hmm. Uh and one just complete dud that I thought, you know, that I started Kittle everywhere, of course. Um, so I have to I have to dig into the numbers a little deeper, but I, I'm a I'm a fan of Kittle. I'm I'm a fan. I, I think that where his ADP is is quite fair. 
Okay. Uh, honestly, I, I would pr- with with Andrew Luck still being pretty questionable and Jordan Reed's injury history, I might move him up a couple spots. But I think it's pretty fair where he's going in eighty five. You know, hundred nine overall. Uh, that's that's fair to me. Okay, and this is going to be a Trey Burton free podcast today because I've talked about him too much the first three weeks. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> Perfect. Um, all right. How about, Kyle, how about Kyle Rudolph? Do you think he's too low or too high? I, I got. I, he's probably too low. Oh, thank you. I, yeah. we, we brought an offensive coordinator, DeFilippo, over from the Eagles that utilized the tight end a ton in two tight ends. And then we brought over Kirk Cousins, who used his tight end a ton in yep. Washington. I just – and with Thielen and with Diggs and with Dalvin Cook catching out of the backfield, I just think Rudolph's going to be open. <laughs> so I, I just had to get your opinion there. All right, and you're a Vikings guy, so I'm going to take your – Yeah, uh, you there's know, a little bias. There's pros there's, and cons. There's some bias, but you watch them closely. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, everybody, again, um, you can follow – you, you can check out the MFL 10s at MFL10s.com, right? Um, you can follow Scott Fishbowl on Twitter at hashtag SFB8. And, um, again, can Scott, can you remind people how they can help Fantasy Cares? Yeah, go to fantasycares.net. There's a nice there's a nice donate button there. It's it's really, really, really simple. It is. So check that out, people. And again, follow that all year. And, and get in your MFL 10s, all right? You want to start drafting now. You don't want to just do a mock. Your regular league draft probably not coming until August 15th. Go spend 50 bucks on some MFL 10s. And you can watch your team all year. Again, you don't have to pick players up. You don't have to worry about that on Tuesday night. Who am I going to bid on in free agency? You don't have to worry about setting your lineup every Sunday. You just draft your team and watch it's a really fun and a little bit different way to play than traditional fantasy football um folks if you like this podcast please leave a review and a rating and again go check out those nfl 10 scott thanks a lot for being with me i really appreciate it thanks thanks a lot man this was great all right and again scott is on twitter at scottfish24 i'm at jhalpin37 you can also check us out at rotowire at rotowire nfl thank you for listening to this edition of the rotowire fantasy football podcast we'll be back the week of the fourth of july i'm not quite sure which day yet but we'll figure it out soon so check back then for scott fish i'm john halpin see you next time